Here they come! Hello and welcome to episode 129 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average or duff. I'm your host Eric Moore and today I'm joined by Wade Burton to discuss the effects of episode 3 of The Mandalorian, The Sin. I must be allowed to speak. G'day Wade. G'day Eric, how you going man? I'm all right. We're all right. We've just been having a natter um, yeah. off air, as they say. Yeah, we've got all that out of our system, and uh, so here we are. We're going to talk about the Mandalorian. The Mando. It was. It was the man. It was. I haven't actually gone back and watched it since it was on the first time. I've pretty much. I might have watched a few of the episodes twice, but like just these days, it's with a looking after a little kid. It's it's just hard to get that time, and it was such a delight to go back and watch this episode. It it is a cracking episode. They all are, all eight are, and you know, all of I've them? said before. All no, of no, them. no, I do. All right, okay. what, 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 what one don't you oh, like? I don't want, I, I don't, want to, I don't want to get off on a negative one, but uh, no, no you know on. what? I'm not even going to get into it. No, no, uh, no all right, no, no. All right, we'll, we'll, but, we'll leave it that you know, chapter three is an okay one for you. Then it's a real good one, yeah. All right, right. I've said before, a testament to The Mandalorian is, um, yeah, I can put one on and I'm not bored by it. I can watch them over and over again, like I can with the original Star Wars films, yeah. you know. I, d- I never get bored with them, ever. Yeah, no, that's it. And then, like, you know, watching the, the cantina scenes tonight and, like, going, oh, look at that guy, look at the Zabrak there and trying to, speak, you know, spot out all the, the, the you know, different aliens. And first the first time I noticed that the, uh, the robot that's in the... Um, uh, the episode when they go to bust the uh, the Twilight out of the prison, and there's mm-hmm. that that, that uh, navigator robot, you know, the, the pilot He's robot. He's here, isn't he? He's it? there, yeah. First, I don't mind. It's probably only this third time I've seen it, but yeah, first time I noticed that. That was a question for later. Is do you think that's the same oh, character? Yeah, that, well, it wouldn't that it be? I mean, the prison break one. I, I assume those other guys in that that other episode are all bounty guild or bounty bounty guild adjacent. You know, they're in that same world, so yeah, I, I yeah. don't see why it wouldn't be. Yeah, no, it's a cracking show, um, and I'm so glad. I mean, I've, I've been so jaded over the years. Whenever they, you know, announce a, a new continuation of this, that, or the other, and it's yeah. like I'm going to be disappointed, and usually I am. And to actually, you, you know, um, take it back and go, no, that was fa- fabulous, is a rare treat for me. Was it for you? I mean, when when they announced that they're going to make this TV show for Disney Plus called The Mandalorian, were you were you like that, or were you on board straight away? Um, just to where I was in, in, in my life and like people, seriously, you can start playing a bingo game where I go on about having a kid, but because I was having a kid during that whole time, I wasn't paying that much attention. So it, I was kind of, didn't ignore it, but I was like, oh, cool. And then every now and again, I'd see a still and go, that looks nice. But I was not paying any, any attention to it. Um, right. I was always going to watch it. Um, and the, the fact it was the first live action Star Wars, uh, series. Yeah. Yeah. I was super interested, like probably slightly dreading it if anything um so mm. you know the fact that they finally made it and it's really really good um is yeah it, it's it's one it's for me it's probably the best thing uh post george lucas that you know disney star wars that's been made i go further i say it's my favorite star wars since return of the jedi this beats you know the prequels for me or the sequels yep yeah, well, well, beats beats the sequels, you know. Gosh, with easy, easy, but um, <laughs> uh, oh yeah, you know. To be honest, I mean, I'm not a big prequel defender. That, so yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd agree with that, man. And and did it take you a while to to warm to it, or did it have you from no, the get go, that was, opening scene? I mean, those first three episodes, it. those first three episodes, boom, 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 and like you know the the you know the the baby Yoda reveal. I mean, it's just so good. I mean the. The, the the sand crawler chase and the the yeah the the jowers in the second one it's it's oh the the first if anything that's why I mean I think it's the one after this is that the, the one when they go to the planet that's it almost feels a bit Star Trekky and it's the planet where they grow the prawns and 
Um, yes, yeah. Yeah, that's it the is first. Very Star Trek. That's the first one that felt like a bit of a dip, it was like a bit of a breather, which was probably needed, but it probably copped it a bit because of that because the first three are such. It's such a rush. Hmm. Hmm. I tell you what. I mean, I'm uh, number one. I'm astonished that I can be taken in by something cute because <laughs> I am anti-cute. I hate cute. I hate anything that's cute. Eric, you're uh, so you cute. Know, you're so cute. What are you talking about? I know. About? I know. I, that's because anything cute I see as a threat to my yep, cuteness. Yep, that's must kill. Deep, deep down, yes, indeed. And I'm I'm just astonished that I've been taken in and I buy it and I take Baby Yoda. Um, I don't know now, though. I mean, I keep seeing all this merchandising that's going to be coming out for Christmas, and I think it, we might go into overkill, and I think I might get just sick of the notion of Baby Yoda. Not the actual character, but if if you're just going to have these these interactive toys everywhere and, and it's on everything, it, it yeah. could distill it a bit for me, I think. Right now, it's perfect. Those eight episodes are absolutely perfect. I mean, I, I mean, just... Gosh, just the other day, randomly, I, I had like baby Yoda coronavirus memes pop up in my Facebook feed. So if, if, if the constant memes haven't killed it for you, mate, I don't think a few toys on the shelf are going to affect your enjoyment, to be honest. I mean, uh, I mean, these days I don't even see half that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about it this morning. What is it that, you know, whereas anything else cute, I can't stand. What is it about baby Yoda? And it's not just, you know, the actual the effects of Baby Yoda, how how well it's done, you know, how, you know, you'll see a shot of Baby Yoda reacting to something and the camera slowly zooms in, well, not zooms in, but slowly pulls in on his face. It's not just that. I think what has done it for me, and I was just, before you came online there, I was just Googling images of Baby Yoda and the quintessential Baby Yoda shot, and I go, that's it. It's the shot, it's not from this one, it's from the next story, the one with the prawns, the mm-hmm. Star Trek one. When um, the Mandalorian and, and Kara are having that fight, and mm-hmm. then there's a slurp, oh, yeah. and they look round, and Baby O's is standing his, there. Sipping on his uh, bone broth. Uh, yes, exactly. And it's the fact that, I think it's the symmetry of Baby Yoda because in that shot, he's tall. He's got a very small head. The ears are enormous going yeah. off to one yeah. side. And, and it is strange and cute at the same time. And I think yeah. that's what it is. I think I think a really clever part of his design was his uh, clothing. I think it actually makes him look extra cuddly. Like, mm. he, like you know, toddlers, like little babies, they, they, they're cute, but like... Gosh, my own child, it took me the longest time before I felt comfortable picking him up because they feel like they're just like little spindly legs and necks and stuff. Yeah. His, his, his robes make him look so huggable and chunky and you just want to pick him up and give him a snuggle. And I think that helps the with the you know animatronic Baby Yoda and sure. the CGI one. If you're not animating legs, yep. if he's just shuffling along in this robe, that makes things a lot easier, doesn't yep. it? Yep, yep. I hadn't even thought of that, but that's that's hundred percent why they've designed it like that. But it also fits in with the original Yoda um, costume. Not that it, it needs to. Maybe it's going to be a bit like uh, all Jedi's wear Tatooine robes, sort of a deal, where all Yodas yeah. have these brown robes just because the first one did. They like their Hessian, don't they? Uh, yeah. So we're going to talk about the effects of the sin today. Now you know that we can't really talk behind the scenes because very little has actually come out so far about how they did it i hope i really hope there's going to be an art of book and a making of book and a blu-ray release you know somewhere down the line i'm hoping all this stuff is coming out we we, we're starting to see things they're being dripped out aren't they the fact that you know you've got these whacking great big led cinema screens encasing the set you think they're just being put in by cgi but they're not they're they're, that they're huge panoramic backdrops are actually being shown to yeah. the actors which which they started doing a little bit in rogue one with the uh in the in the cockpits yes. and that so yeah. maybe that's and uh, i mean uh, to be honest with the rogue one stuff i didn't notice in particular and i think especially with that that those sort of in the modern era those sort of cockpit scenes are pretty easy to to, to do cg or well you know traditional blue screen whatever whatever you want mm. to do you're not really going to notice one way or the other but um yeah, it it is astonishing that the few pictures you you see from the behind the scenes of this one, and like it gives you it gives you prequel flashbacks, doesn't it? It's just like two people in hero, you know, in in the really elaborate hero costumes, standing amongst a sea of green. It, yeah. it kind of gives you a bit of a shiver, but then you go, well, it shows how much time marches on, and and how you know how how dated 
so much. I, I think I think uh, two and three look more dated than Phantom Menace, to be honest. Uh, but how much, uh, how much that's moved on? Where you don't think twice about anything in this movie. It, it the, is amazing. Series. Yeah, the, what you're saying there in the prequels, you know, it's oh look at this, this is cutting edge technology. Look what we're doing. Look what we're doing. And it's dated because technology has moved on. Yeah. And if anything, we're going back to old school 1930s yeah. filmmaking where you had rear projection, where you had a cinema screen and behind that you had a projector showing the image. You know, this is the same thing, except it's not cinema screen. It's an LED. It's a yeah. huge, great TV, basically. And when you see The Mandalorian, as we do at the beginning of the, this chapter, you know, in the cockpit of his ship... Those stars are outside the window. They haven't yeah. been composited in, you know? You must think so many of the, uh, you know, the prequel actors must look at that with so jealous, like, oh, great, you get something to bounce off and react to. Good for yeah. you. Like, N Natalie Portman <laughs> must be like, I could act, I can't act, she obviously can act, but you wouldn't know it from the prequels. And, like, you know, no. it, it would be hard. It's like, come here and, and mime, basically, you know, yes. just bounce yes. off nothing. Yeah. All right, so let's let, let's get started with this chapter then. I mean, after the recap, we've got the Razor Crest in space. Uh, what do you think of the design of the Razor Crest? Uh, it's, it's it's cool without being without blowing me away. It's not like one of my favourite ships, but it feels Star Warsy. It feels a little bit prequely. It feels a bit like some of the big transports, not the big transports, mm. but like the thing that uh, Anakin and Padme go on in Episode Two when they go back to uh, Naboo. It's like sort of like the big engines and like the deep sort of slightly wedge, not like a wedge-shaped body of the ship. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's neat, yeah. It's the tube engines up top, isn't it? That's what it is. I mean, you know, we had it in um, Phantom Menace at the beginning, the yeah. uh, ship that arrives, you know, that then gets blown up, yeah. you know, that uh, um, Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn are on. That's, yeah, a very traditional Star Wars shape. A long tube shape with tube engines up or below. Yeah, definitely. I wonder um, if we're going to see, like, in the same way, like his armor's been upgraded, which is is very very video gamey. I think this this show has been very influenced by modern video games. Um, uh, I wonder if the ship's going to get upgraded along the way, or you know, I hope so. It's obviously had a past history because you know it's been. You can tell, you, you know, it's been stripped back to its bare metal, but there are, you know, uh, bits of colour still left on it. So it's had yeah. a history already. But yeah, it could do. Um, yeah. Oh, it's an right, easy way so, to sell more toys. Yes, yes. Well, I want the model kit. Where is all, all this merchandise? I understand, you know, I you can't Lego's release the merchandise. Is the Lego out? Uh, well, maybe it's not out. I, I saw some Lego the other day. Oh, um, uh, right. Oh, so uh, it's on its way then. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we, we've got Mando. He's in the cockpit with, um, and in the background, you've got that uh, travel casket of Baby Yoda's. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've got to try and do here is try and guess what they're doing because yes, we have had some details of how the effects are done, released, but there's been nothing so far on just how they, you know, achieve yeah. Baby Yoda. We have, you know. Um, on set photos of George Lucas with like the animatronic puppet baby Yoda. But in something like this, where, you know, you've got the casket in the background and his head pops up, presumably that's the animatronic one. Cause it's yeah. always cheaper to use a physical item rather than CGI it afterwards, isn't it? Well, well, everything I've read about and, and like, I was amazed actually looking into this. I mean, I, I assume that, you know, I'd go, I'll oh, check on Wikipedia and, you know, the usual sources, find all the info, and there's there's nothing. Um, but everything, the few interviews I did read, it did make it sound like it is 90% puppet and, you know, occasional, or, you know, augmentation with, with CG. Um, and, and I was really looking out for that, trying to see, and they said, you know, there's a few scenes where he moves in a way that they couldn't do with the puppet. And I think in this scene is one of them. And it's and it only stands out, not because it's bad, but I was just thinking, how would they do that? It looks a little bit too good. Is when he actually tumbles out of his little leg and you look at it and it's just a bit too cute. It doesn't just look like a puppet falling. He actually has a bit too much animation in the fall to, to just be purely a puppet falling. And then to, then a second later, the real puppet pops up down the bottom. And I'm pretty yeah, sure think, that was a CG bit. I think editing is, is key to all this, isn't it? Because, yeah, I mean, you when you see him and then you see that that he's looking towards that lever with the ball on it yeah. and, and the camera's yeah. back of his head that's obviously like you know the actual animatronic yeah. one but i think you might be right that's like a bridging 
effect yeah, between the fine. two bits of puppet. I tell you what, I I was thinking of you when I was watching this. Oh, thank in you, that, uh, well, I think of you all the time, <laughs> Dave, but, but I was especially thinking of you in this scene because I can't remember what episode of Effectively Speaking we talked about, but you professed your love for 80s technology and synthesizers and, and oh, yeah. sound yeah. machines. And those they've recreated the early 80s rocker switches, the illuminated yeah. rocker switches, haven't they? I mean, that's, that's always, not... been such a, always been such a Star Wars uh, staple, like, you know, having things in your cockpit that you really want to flick and switch over and little things that flick up and then turn over and, yeah, now yeah. they've nailed the aesthetic. It, it is fantastic. This is so authentic to, you know, what we had back in the 70s and 80s. It, it, it's brilliant. Um... It, I think this whole little little intro bit, oh, this for me, is, is really does lay the foundation for, for, for the Baby Yoda character. Um, it's so cute. It's so, so, so much full of like sly humor and, and cuteness and the way he, he kind of gets out and like, it's, and you know, he's so much like a little kid, like the way he looks up and he sees something, he's like, I'm going to, I'm going to go get that knob. I'm just going to sneak yeah. over here. I'm just going to, I'm just going to get that. I'm going to get that. And just, it's so, it's so well done. It's, it's, and it's the contrast because he's kind of almost a blank face character in the way like little babies so often can, like, unless they're mm. giggling away laughing, babies can sort of just look at you a bit blankly, like. And he's got that kind of blank stare, but he's sort of there's so much going on behind the eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, 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 I love Pedro Pascal. You know, this guy who doesn't, apart from one scene, take his helmet off. Yeah. He can convey an awful lot just by the turn of a head. Yeah. You know that this character has grown fond already of this yeah. other character. It, it, it's pretty amazing how well. <laughs> I mean, amazing how good the show is when. Basically, the star in the co-star is is a guy with no face and a puppet. Yeah, very you know, and very, it still has very such well a, put, and yeah. it still has such an uh, emotional resonance with everyone. Like this, this connected Baby Yoda, particularly. I mean, it went it went beyond just Star Wars. It was it was insane. I was I was trying to think of what was the last puppet that that achieved such public, I don't know, love and outcry. And I was I'm, I'm almost going back to ET. I can't think of. Because I mean, by it's the nineties, puppets, puppets were puppets were kind of you know, but done. I mean, you got your muppets and that sort of stuff. But you know, something that people just loved and just like believed and like, oh my god, it looks so real and I love. You got the Mogwai in Gremlins to some degree. Okay, didn't you? yeah, 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 fair enough. Yep, yeah. which is very Baby Yoda-ish. Now I'm looking, thinking. Well, about I always it, think, yeah. yeah, Baby Yoda is a mix of Mogwai yep. with the look of a gremlin. Yeah. If, if 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 you had a cute gremlin, if you had Mogwai was a gremlin, that's Baby Yoda. You know, yeah. and then I was thinking maybe something like Falcor from Neverending Story. I mm. know just things that were kind of iconic that people like when they saw it just blew them away, and they're like, "Wow!" And yeah, like it's it really, uh, it really. I mean, like I said two days ago, I'm still getting memes about it. Like it's still yeah. like resonating throughout the, the the broader population and culture. <laughs> it is terrific. Um, so yeah, he, he he gets to this lever, he unscrews the ball. Um, and wants to eat it, and that's... I mean, you can relate to all this. You're a... Uh, <laughs> Stop that. You're going to choke on it. Get it out of your mouth. <laughs> it's not a toy. I mean, <laughs> I can hear you say it. It's not a toy. And uh, and he he puts Baby Yoda back in his carriage. Now, that's got to be the animatronic. I mean, yeah. he is physically lifting yeah. that up. That's an easy shot for them to do. Yeah. yeah, He's got a little bit of weight you can sit on there. Well, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. And the ship goes down. It lands on the planet, and they disembark. I, again, in the, you know art of or making of i'd like to know just how much of the razor crest they actually made for real i reckon quite a bit i mean we've seen so we've seen the cockpit does he mean internally no externally when they come down that ramp and he's okay. walking along the side where does the actual mm. yeah, yeah you know set finish and the rest is yeah. you know put in afterwards i don't know i mean i mean the cg it can be so good now it can be so seamless who knows yeah. who knows mate it's uh hmm I don't know. I'd like to think lots, but I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, whatever works, works. It's, it's a, it looks really cool and, and shiny. Yeah. Um, they walk down the street, and it's a very Star Wars street. You know, oh, a yeah. lot of modern Star Wars doesn't feel Star Warsy to yeah. me, but this certainly does. Yeah. Um, and having the poor um, old uh, uh, lizard monkey on the spit can turn. I uh, see. I'm a big Salacious Crumb fan. <laughs> absolutely, so, yeah. absolutely. He, him, him, and Jabba, like they're such a great, uh, they're such a great duo. It's 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 bad enough that 
one's being roasted on a spit, but it's the fact you've got another one watching it, <laughs> watching and he knows it, that's know. what's going to happen. I mean, that could have been it, it, its partner. You oh, know? It's so dark. It's so dark. And we know they're basically intelligent. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I love all the Baby Yoda reactions to everything. He's yeah. looking around and he's taking it all in. I love the fact that how he lowers his ears to show that yeah. he's unsettled by something. The ears go down each time, yep. don't they? Which is, you know, yeah. pure, pure, pure Yoda. Like, you know, that's uh, so much uh, of Yoda's animation was through the ears. So, yeah. so, some of it unintentional with the wobbles. Yoda's ears get quite wobbly in parts, but... Uh, yeah. They do, they do, yes. Um, and, you know, I'm not bothered by the fact that we don't have too many of the, you know, uh, classic era, you know, aliens in it. I mean, we've got Jawas in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some what, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about the idea of Jawas? I thought Jawas were indigenous to Tatooine. Mate, the first time I saw the second episode, I assumed they were on Tatooine. And then, so I guess the question is now, like, I don't have any problem with them being on other planets. I think, cool, whatever. But do they only go onto desert planets? I guess that's yes. the, the question now. Hmm? I, I don't do know why they... Do you see Jawas in the jungle? Can you get jungle Jawas, <laughs> is what you're saying. It sounds like a carry-on movie. Jawas in the jungle. <laughs> Carry on up the jungle Jawa. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't mind it. It's, I don't see why you have to change the cloaks to grey to denote the difference between a Tatooine Jawa and an off-world Jawa. It doesn't bother me. I, I, I didn't notice that the first time, but to be honest, I was just like, wow, cool, look at these Jawas. I assume they're on Tatooine, and, you know, I'm sure... I like to think that there's different tribes of Jawas anyway, but, um, yeah, I'd, when they do... Star Wars always does this stuff, and it's like, it has stuff that's a little bit too adjacent, gives it a bit too similar. It's like, well, yeah, I, I would have preferred... It was a different planet or a different... Or just go back to Tatooine. Like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, well, we do in a couple of episodes' yeah. time, and that's great fun. Um, I'll tell you what is great fun, and that's to see the old Jabba's uh, door droid yeah. at the door. You've got um, one of those, haven't you? you? You built one. Well, well, that's that's the thing. I When you see it in Return of the Jedi, and it comes out, and it talks to C-3PO, you know... Yeah, well done, Wade. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 what, three-quarters through making a life-size one, and yeah. it all lights up, and that's all, all well and good and everything. But it's not until you see it in here, and I'm assuming that's either the original prop or they've measured the original prop, so that's how it was in Return of the Jedi. My one is too big. When Later on, when the Mandalorian oh, gra- grabs, grabs it by the neck and pulls the head off, yeah. my one is <laughs> bigger than that, you know? <laughs> hey! Yes. <laughs> so I walked into that one. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the door is answered by these grubby stormtroopers. Yeah, which is great. Right. Uh, I, as, soon as, I, as soon as I saw that, I was like, that's the kind of stuff I want. I want to see. And again, I, I don't know why the sequel trilogy just squandered this period. This is when, I guess, I guess because they left it too late because it, it would have to, you'd have to de-age all the main cast if they were in it. But like, this is the, this is the interesting period like that. That uh, dark empire time when it's like you know it's the the messy time for the empire afterwards like the not to get into sequel bashing but the way they glossed over this whole period and then all of a sudden it's back to square one when you start it's like what's happened yeah. with I just don't care because you've ignored all this stuff that you've kind of assumed I didn't want to know about it's like no that's that should be the movie yeah I find these stormtroopers very interesting because they are so grubby I mean later on you know at the end of season one you know you've got uh, Moff Gideon and you've got proper stormtroopers but yeah. these are like because you watch that and you go okay the Empire's not around anymore but would it kill you to actually clean your armor absolutely they're not they can't be that busy it's not like they're no, in they battle can't be every that day busy. they're just I th- no I think there's something else going on here they are flawed these these if they are clones you know they've just given up you know and where's a Herzog's character is using them, but it, it, maybe they live in their armor. Maybe they never take their armor Oof, off. Maybe God. they're just not aware of it, you know? Gross. I find that very interesting that you've got two types of stormtroopers. You've got the ones you see here and the ones that you see in, you know, like episode seven and eight, yeah. completely different, you know? These aren't proper empire. Well. You know, Mando says, you know, to old, old Carl Weathers, you know, uh, that they're in, imperial, but they're not yeah. really, yeah. you know? They might not even be real stormtroopers. They've just happened upon the armor. Absolutely. And they're just wearing it, you know? Absolutely. But yeah, we've got Werner Herzog, and oh. he he is one oh. of the main thrills for me. He, he, yeah. Seriously, I'll be more upset when they kill him than when they kill Baby Yoda. Mm, yeah. I think he is so good. Like, oh. I, and 
after when I first saw this, my wife got so sick of me just doing. She'd ask me something, and I'd just reply in his voice. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I do, I do not, I do not know where your phone is. Yes, I just, yeah, he is. A, he's so uh, good. I mean, he's he, he, he's a brilliant director. You know, he's a brilliant actor, and what he brings to the Mandalorian. I mean, you know his delivery the whole about you know bounty hunting is a prof- yeah. is a complicated business yeah. that the, the emphasis he puts on words with that accent yeah. with that intensity that he gives yeah. terrific i thought he was going to be much much bigger than this i didn't I realize he that he was going to just be i don't know I, is he dead or not uh, i mean oh gosh the I place mean, gets gosh. shot up and you don't see him escape it'd be I mean, nice it- if he did live by, by Star Wars standards, I mean, when, when Darth Maul can get, get cut in half and come back, I think he's fine. Yeah. I think he's good to come back, yeah. When you've got someone like Werner Herzog, you want to keep hold of him, don't you? You want to use him as much as possible. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, get, get him to direct an episode. Oh, that'd be good as well, wouldn't it? It'd, it'd yeah. be the most nihilistic, you know, be this be <laughs> sort of surreal, like, you know, just, oh, gosh. Oh, I'm going to shivers yeah. thinking about it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fanboy question for you next. Because when we see him, we've also got his assistant. What do you think of glasses in Star Wars now? No. I was watching that tonight, and it's such a needless thing. It doesn't add anything to the character. It's really off-putting. It's like, uh, it's like I was trying to, it's like, does he have, like, an eye condition? Like, because they're slightly, they're slightly, they look like sunglasses. They're like, does he need, has he got, a, like, a, an eye condition? Like, if so, they could have no, dealt with it in a more interesting way. It just looks weird. It just looks, like, it, it looks like he forgot to take them off. It, no, no, it, it it's the same as you don't have zips and buttons in Star Wars either in uh, original, yeah. do you? You know, no, it and or you know, it's the same as you know, you don't have bearded um, Imperial officers. Yep. You know, there's some things that are not there, and and this being set only eight years after Return of the Jedi, it, this should all fit in. And it is, yeah, as a fanboy, that is a bit jarring to see yep. glasses in Star Wars. And, but but it's also. It's not so much that they're there, but they just don't add anything, and I, and and they kind of do pull me out. If if they gave him some really odd glasses, and I was like, okay, that really suits his character, but he's he's a bit of a nothing character. Like he's he's kind of like the, you know, he's the the doctor who feels a bit guilty about what he's doing, and you know, mm. when the Mando busts in and rescues Yoda, uh, Baby Yoda, you know, he's kind of pr- trying to protect him. So you think he's not a complete douchebag, but yeah, he's he's not he's a bit of a nothing character, and yeah, the glasses are just like what, and then the fact and the fact that they're kind of like sunglasses, is just really odd. Yeah, um, yeah, not needed. I tell you what else isn't needed, but it's still great. Is that when he gets paid in his Beskar, the Beskar's in Will Rowhood's ice yeah. cream maker. Yeah, I mean that's such uh, a genius little little touch that that feeds into, you know, so much of Star Wars. What we consider Star Wars common knowledge is just stuff that George Lucas never had anything to do with. Like, and you know, so much of that stuff from the the role playing games and the novels from the nineties that that we just kind of accepted as being canon. And like all the stuff about Wilrow Hood, like tr- you know, running around with the rebel plans inside of this, you know, thing, this miniature safe. Like it's so, it's so cool to you know call back to that stuff. Yeah, oh, it is. It is all very loving, isn't it? And um, you know, if you don't know what that is, it doesn't matter. It's the container the yeah, the sure. payment was it, in. But it, if you're it, a fan it still boy, look, it still looks Star Warsy. Like you know, you're watching, going, oh, yeah, that's a cool odd looking yes, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, back to Werner Herzog. I love his disgust. Yeah. When Amando asks what's going to happen, you it know, is uncharacteristic. Yes, yes, <laughs> he is brilliant. I ho- I do hope he comes back for season. Seriously, two. my I wife's going to hate you. You've got me. I'll be doing his voice for the next three days, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will not be washing up. It is beneath me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not doing the washing up. It's a complicated business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, going to even attempt the accent. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, he leaves there. He's got his payment. He goes underground to this uh, hidden Mando base. Yep. Um, what do you think about the idea that that's Boba Fett in the background? Do you have you seen uh, that? I mean, I mean, gosh, you know, I don't <laughs> think it is, and it'd be a pretty stupid way to to introduce him back into the show. I, I assume they. Well, you know, this is a funny situation how there's probably people, in the, anyone in the UK who wanted to watch this, I'm sure they'll watch it by now, but you guys are still haven't had the whole episode, the whole series officially released, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, okay, I was going to say something, but you know what? I won't. Everyone knows what All I'm right. talking about, but I think he may be introduced some other point. But Okay. Um, All right. Yeah, I, yes, I, I, know. I, 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 I know what you're referring to. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he, he, he goes in there. I mean, 
did you have you are you going to watch the Clone Wars series and Rebels where you do see the Mandalorians quite a bit? I've watched I've watched like uh, Clone Wars like I haven't, I haven't watched all of them I watched bits and pieces of them all over the place and just lately I'm really like especially with the new ones the the final series that's come out and, and knowing uh, that there's going to be a live series uh, character from that in the next series of this I was like I've really I've really it's kind of like a bit of a guilty blind spot and um, I don't think I don't think most of the, the Clone Wars is great but there's some really really good stuff in there so. Uh, yeah, maybe I need to get some recommendations on it, on it, like the essentials. Yeah, like, yeah I have to send you some because yeah, I mean the Mandalorians. There are story arcs right the way through, you know, um, which are involving Obi Wan. You have got a bit of a romance actually between Obi Wan. and Yeah, I've, the I've seen of some of that, and that was I didn't actually like that stuff when I saw it. But um, and and that's where the the dark. <laughs> A certain okay, I can't. I'm going to stop talking. No, you can't. No, someone stop. will get spoiled. This like okay. I'll All stop right, now. but I just find it curious, you know, that one of the guiding forces behind Mandalorian is Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. who was the guiding force, but behind you know yeah. the animated series, and you know to a large degree he's responsible for what we saw there about the Mandalorian culture. But yeah. the Mandalorian culture we see in that is at odds with what we see here, because in the Mandalorian we find out that. You don't have to be from the planet Mandalore to be a Mandalorian. It is a creed, isn't it, more than uh, yeah. a, a race. And you have this thing of you never remove your helmet, ever. Um, if and also, true... there's been some sort of purge. I mean, there's been some sort of... Basically, they've been pretty much wiped out. They're, they're almost like they're almost like off-world Alderanians. Well, they're they like had... refugees now, yeah, aren't they? that's, that's uh, what they are. They're, they're like a, a fringe society, but, you know, trying to keep their culture together. Yeah, because it's just odd now, because um, we've got Disney Plus, as you say, in the UK now, and I can go back and I don't have to get my DVDs out, and I can flick through the Clone Wars. And it just seems a bit odd, after watching The Mandalorian now, to see Mandalorians who only come from Mandalore, who yeah. are walking around helmetless all the time. And it's just odd that the person that came up with that concept is also the same person that's come up with the concept in this live-action show, but yeah. it's completely different. Unless something has happened between the time setting of Clone Wars and Rebels to now that oh, yeah. has enforced this keep your helmet on all the time and anyone can be one. A- another another take, and I just <coughs> thought of this, I haven't thought of this before, is like, the, the, I mean, the, the, the what's she called? The, the, who's who's the, the woman, the, 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 the blacksmith woman? What's she called? The armourer? The armourer. The armourer. She, she could be a cult leader. She, <laughs> I mean, they, she could be basically have this weird religious cult and they, all these, these poor suckers are being sucked into it. And they, you can't go outside, oh. you've got to stay down here and wear your helmets and only one can go out at a time. It sounds it very could, cultish. Yeah, it could be that, yeah, the whole um, own, you never take your helmet off is just a, a faction of the Mandalorian. So that doesn't jar with what we've seen in the animated. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good theory. But yeah, he, he goes there, he goes to see this yeah. uh, armourer. What caused this damage? A mudhorn. Then you have earned the mudhorn as your signet. I shall craft it. I can't accept. It wasn't a noble kill. I was helped by an enemy. Why would an enemy help you in battle? It did not know it was my enemy. Since you forego a signet, I shall use the excess to forge whistling birds. Whistling birds will do well. Reserve some for the foundlings. As it should always be. The foundlings are the future. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. And she she does she looks cool. The whole thing's cool. Like the the whole yeah, the whole vibe of it is is, is really neat. She's got, she gave me sort of um, like Greek vibes. Like I was feeling more like like Clash of the Titans. Like she felt like some sort of character out of that, almost yeah. like yeah. like some sort of um, you know blacksmith goddess um, sort of a deal. And yeah, so, seeing all the variations, I did feel a bit bad afterwards when they said that like only one can go out at a time. It's like all these guys are hanging around down there. Like what yes. the hell are they doing? <laughs> Waiting for their turn. Yeah, yeah. I, I I like the idea. I like visually the idea of Mandalorians that. You can have many, many different styles, and you know I'm yeah. in the 501st, and you yeah. do, you do get. Um, if you want to be a Mandalorian, you can create your own color scheme and and do variations. But the the one constant is the T bar yeah. visor. Yeah. But apart from that, 
anything goes. And uh, and, and I like that. I like that here because, you know, he, he goes there with his Beskar. She's going to make him a new set of armor. And then all these other Mandalorians come in yeah. and they're not happy with him. They, they, because... they seem like... They almost look like, seem like... Um... Like like stray dogs smelling meat, and he walks in there, and they're just like, they all just wander after him, like, "What have you got?" And like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they see the best scar that's got the imperial uh, yeah. s- symbol on it, and you know that's dirty money to them, isn't it? Especially to the main one, yeah. This yeah. real chunky guy, um, a character by the name of Paz Vizsla. Yeah. Um, did you know that he's voiced by John Favreau? Yeah, I heard about this afterwards. Yeah, uh, and. I was, I was listening to for that today, and yeah, you can tell a little bit like he's putting on a bit of a voice there, yeah. and he's yeah. got the he's got the chunky frame. Well, that's not him in in the <laughs> suit. Does he get someone even fatter? <laughs> no, the person in the suit is one of the thugs in the very first chapter at the very beginning in that bar that uh, picks a okay. fight with a Mandalorian. Yeah, he's one of them. But no, I mean, yeah, John Favreau does the voice of Paz Vizsla, but he also yeah. voiced. Pre Vizsla, yeah, that's who, who was a Mandalorian in the Clone Wars. Yeah, and I, I, uh, I, I did go watch some some of that when I heard about this, and like he, his his voice performance that is is kind of funny. It's it's a bit over the top. Hmm. But you can you can say that about old Carl Weathers as well. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, but it it, it Mando, they, Mando, they, they, they suit. Now get out of here. You know, I mean, it, it suits this. It suits yeah. this. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Know. For sure. Um, and we get this fight. We get this standoff fight, don't we, between um, Paz Vizsla and, and the Mandalorian. Yeah, um, which I, I, like ends in, in like with knives. Like it, it just feels funny with these guys so heavily armored. Like they, they end up with knives at each other's throats. Like it just seems like a really hard way to get through all of that armor. Maybe they. Yeah. Maybe they yeah. know where all the weak points are. Um, and I love the armorer. The armorer brings them yeah. down and it's like you know settle down settle down she's, you know she so ignores the whole thing and she's just like she's just like doing it she's like look this is what we do if anyone who lives his life can't be a coward you know this is the yeah. way this is the way this is the way um <laughs> we got to do that every time one of us says it the other one's got to say it, oh, it is um, the way. and any listeners that say it you've got to say it as well if we ever <laughs> say this is the way go on I just said oh, it. Oh, oh, this is the way. This, that, it is the way. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, I, I think she's brilliant. I hope yeah. she comes back. I hope we never see what she looks like underneath. I like yeah. the mystery of all this. You know. I, I, I think. Oh gosh. I, okay. I'm not, I can't even talk about anything on this. UK Disney Plus. You, you're messing me up. Yeah. No. No. That, anyway, I'll it, shut it's up. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I love the fact that he can't accept what she's offering to him because it wasn't yep. a noble kill yep. because he had help from an enemy. And she's like, yep. well, why would an enemy help you? And it's like, he didn't know I'm his enemy. You know, I love it all. This is yeah. so intelligently written. Yep. Um, and she says, oh, I'll, I'll create for you whistling birds yeah. instead. This yeah. the, the, this wrist thing, which we saw Boba Fett wearing, didn't we? This this yeah. like cone shape. Yeah. Are you aware what that cone shape actually is? Oh, I'm sure. Of, I'm sure. I knew one once upon a time. What what is it? It's a, just a bit of you know costume dressing that they did when they built the uh, Boba Fett costume yeah. and uh, on that gauntlet, and it's something called a mantapod, right? Mantapod. And a mantapod. If you look up mantapod, it's a uh, a, a rocket launcher on a Harrier jump jet. Right. Wow, that's true. Yeah, it's a cone with all these holes in, and, and you fire out these missiles uh, no, out from yeah, it. Right. You know what? I, I, I know exactly the thing you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that is on a Harrier jump jet, and yeah. a staple of model makers. I know because I've I, I used to. You use made it. one or two in your time. Yeah, yeah. That Airfix used to make a one twenty fourth scale Harrier jump jet, and yeah. My modeling hero, Martin Bauer, used it all the time on Space 1999. And, you know, yeah. it's on the, the, the Hawk from Space 1999, the, this Mantapod thing. And, yeah, one of the uh, uh, set uh, costume dressers decided to just stick a bit of an Airfix jump jet on the front. And I love the way that it's now been given a reason. What is that? It's called a whistling bird. <laughs> So, what do you think of the all silver look now for mm. the Mandalorian? Uh, 
when he first comes in, like you almost, I almost, when I was rewatching it, I almost wanted some cheesy music to start, like I don't know, like some seventies disco swank music. It's just, he just seems so like glittery and like, hey, look at me. It's so I'm funny. Oh, actually, I actually prefer the the pre silver armor. Like I just like the dirty up look, but no, it's it's cool. Like it's a it's a heck of a look. I didn't realize it was an upgrade when I first started seeing you know photos from the Mandalorian, and you see this completely shiny steel helmet. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know. That that doesn't look finished to me. Yeah. And I assumed he was just so worn and battered that any paint finish, like a Boba Fett paint finish, yeah. had it completely just been blasted off and, and erased off. I, I, I oh, wasn't yeah. aware yep. that, you know, um, this is brand new. But that raises the question then, do you then upgrade again by putting color onto it? Does all the color that you see on the Mandalorian's armor denote, you know, past battles or victories or whatever? Yeah, I mean, very well. I mean, gosh, probably so. I mean, they've got such an emphasis on those uh, signets and uh, the, the symbology. Uh, and like, mm. you know, modern militaries, all their ribbons and stuff. Um, yeah, it, it, you'd imagine so. Um uh, I mean, there's so much variation between them all. I guess that's the one thing. But, you know, I guess if they're a society of... They're, they're almost a society of individual mercenaries at that point. They, they wouldn't be fighting in common... In large-scale common battles and having a common look. So, yeah, no, that does... That, that tracks. Yeah, yeah. I don't mind it now. Now I know that it's brand-new armour. I'm sure in Season 2 it'll get beat up. Maybe it'll get oh, some colour so. on it as it goes. Um, um, yeah, Carl Weathers. We've got... Uh, the wonderful Carl Weathers, who, yeah, sorry, he's we, not... We, we, he, sorry to interrupt. We had some technology issues earlier. I'm now having a cat issue. Can you excuse me for one moment? I do apologize. <laughs> right, I have a okay. stupid bloody cat. I'm just going to go throw a pencil at one second. All right. What are you doing? <laughs> <sighs> okay, let's see how we oh, go. you're back. See, you shouldn't have said what you're doing. What you should have said is e chuta. <laughs> uh, what if what I really wanted to say, I couldn't say, but anyway. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, I'd, again, I love the fact you've got e chuta. You know, that's what oh, a yeah. protocol droid yeah. says on yeah. Bespin, doesn't he? You know? Do we, do we know uh, what that actually translates into and what language it is? It, it kind of sounds Huttese, but... Uh, it, sa- it sounds like fuck off to me. Uh, yeah, he's definitely got that context there. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how rude. Yes. How rude. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, he wants his next job from old yeah. grief, doesn't he? And he, uh, he, he needs to keep working to stop thinking about it. Yeah. Thinking about what he's and done. he does. He, he's going he's to go after uh, Mon Calamari, isn't he? Yeah. Um, and, um, and he wants to know what hap- what, what's going to happen to the kid. And grief, of course, you know, it's business, isn't it? You know, he doesn't care what they're going to do with it. You know? I mean, I mean, even, 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 you know, his boss kind of, you know, grief is kind of like, are you sure? Like take a break, enjoy your money. You've made so much money. Go, go hang out with some Twi'leks floozies. So Twi'leks. Yes. Well, why <laughs> why Twi'leks like such the biggest floozies in the Star Wars universe? It's a little bit creepy. I think how they're just constantly like, yeah, they're always like the sexy girls and the strippers and the dancers, and it's it's. Yeah, but they're know, not it's... though, because in Rebels you've got oh um whatever you know she's yeah. the captain of the ship she's the captain of the ship. Well, that's one. She... Yeah, yes, um, yeah, <laughs> one, one one who isn't a complete floozy <laughs> compared the to only like, one. everyone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, he's bothered by the fact you know that uh, he doesn't know what's going to happen to the kid, and he's bothered by by the fact that they're empire as well. Yeah, and and I love the fact he is going to leave. He's just well, going to I... go off. Um, well, at that point, it, it, you'd imagine it'd be like like doing business with like you know some hardcore cells of Nazi uh, Nazis after World War Two. You'd be like, oh, yeah. these guys suck. Like you know, you, if you're doing business with them, you are a scumbag. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you want to tell people that they're still around yeah. as well, don't you? Yeah. But he is going to leave. He goes back to his ship. He is going to take off. And fantastic acting again from Pedro yeah. Pascal. Oh yeah, he, so he's all ready to go. Flick, flick, flick of the wonderful switches yeah. and everything. And it's not until he goes to do that lever. Yeah. And he just stops and he stares at it, you know, and you yep. can see the conflict going on in his head because it he's going he's to break kills the him. code. He's yep. going to break the code, isn't he? Yeah. You know? yeah. He, he... It breaks him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he goes back. He, he wanders back down, down the uh, streets. He finds the carriage abandoned in the rubbish bins. Yeah. Um, goes up onto the roof and then uses his nifty gun thing that's got a surveillance thing attached to it to eavesdrop on old Verna and glasses. Which um, seems like a hugely overpowered piece of equipment in the Star Wars universe. It's 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 got more 
uses than the sonic screwdriver i think you know <laughs> it, it can do an awful lot this thing that's i think we're going to see more of it in in season two as well um and he decides right that's it i'm going in and goes up destroys yeah. that door droid rips yeah. the head off the door droid and and fights his way it's good good battles it's all staged yeah. very well isn't it yeah you know? or, or close quarters and, and nasty and uh yeah it's good good stuff and it, it's quite dark and forbidding and um yeah, yeah. The only thing I don't like about it is, this is what modern Star Wars does now, is the way the troops all hold their guns like modern troops do in everything you see. Any TV or film show, the way they hold their gun up, you know, high up to their chin right. and, and walk around. Yeah, I don't like firing. that. And I don't like the torches on the end of the barrel because that's all, you know, modern day and stuff sure. like that, you know. Yep. Um, but we get glasses, we get Baby Yoda, and we get the torture droid. I wasn't expecting oh, yeah. to see the torture yeah. droid there. Great you know? cameo. Makes sense yeah. as well. You know, it totally yeah. fits into the scene. I want to make well, one of them now. Oh, you know what I would have preferred, actually? Uh, I would have actually really liked the 2-1-B, but like looking all evil and imperial, that would have been great. Oh, yeah, that would have been good as well. Yeah. Um, and we get the shootout with the whistling birds. We find out what the whistling birds oh, do. Uh, how cool which is that! Is terrific stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. now, that, now that he's used them, does that mean like he can't? He can't. They need to get reloaded with Beskar, or you know, he needs I, to go back to like because it seems yeah, like it's I, like a very limited, like uh, you know, one shot sort of use weapon. Definitely, I took it that it's one shot. I mean, yeah. that's why you know you never see Boba Fett use it because he's obviously used it at some he's, point in the past, isn't it? Well, he? he blew he blew his load early. Um, yeah and he tries to get to his ship but that's when he's intercepted by grief and all his men as you said at the beginning you've got a Zabrak in there would you like to describe to people who don't know what a Zabrak uh, what a Zabrak is it's uh, Darth Maul who hasn't gone crazy and tattooed his own face Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's 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 a pretty basic humanoid alien Um, but it was it's really cool to see that um is there a, was there a, was there a rodian i'm trying there's a rodian in the bar scene yes. at the beginning yeah you see a rodian in the bar but i don't know if one of these mercenaries is is a rodian um yeah and yeah that zabrak that you see uh, is the very first prequel alien to appear in the mandalorian yeah. so uh, good to see that they are acknowledging it because there was a, for a long time they were saying disney didn't want anything to do with the prequels didn't they um, i mean i mean the sequels have, have so ignored the the original trilogy and the prequels i mean they they obviously went over the out of their way to ignore the prequels like sort of overcorrected overcorrected with it like yeah yeah um yeah. but uh yeah i mean yeah that the, the, it's good to see the well i mean why wouldn't you why would you spend what was it a billion dollars two billion dollars to buy that property and then not use it yeah yeah we keep mentioning this on this show yeah, yeah. um yeah and and we have this shootout around this sledge which is uh, being controlled by an astromech droid. Uh, apparently, so that's an R six. Uh, it seems, it seems like you know droid. when R two D two can fly a, like a, an interstellar spacecraft. For this guy to be pulling a rickshaw, it seems kind of a bit of a, a, bit of a underwhelming duty for for an astromech. You would think that would be a very basic astromech, then not an R six. Presumably, <laughs> an R six is more advanced than an R two. You'd you hope say? so. You'd yeah. hope so. Yeah, and it all seems lost. I mean, you know, um, he, he can't escape from this. He, he's given as good as he gets, but he's he's outnumbered. He's yeah. completely outnumbered. He's hunkered down on that sledge, and he's going to die. And he's going to die just staring at Baby Yoda. He, he yeah. thinks he's just about to die. And we have that moment where they're just staring at each other, but that's when you have the things fly overhead, and you realize that the cavalry's arrived yeah. um, out of the sky. The Mandalorians all fly down. Now, my... The only bit of this episode I pretty much don't like, and it's not a big deal, but like, I just, I would have, the way in my own head canon, and that's what so much of cranky Star Wars fandom is about, is people's expectations against reality. Like, I always <laughs> imagine the, the, the jump packs are being a bit like Space Marine, like Warhammer 40K's jump packs, but you kind of come mm-hmm. flying in and you land, bam. These guys kind of descend slowly out of the sky, like the most easy targets to just reach up and shoot out. That doesn't seem like an intimidating weapon like i would have loved it they came flying in and like especially that that big guy with the big gun just came smashing in knocked people over and do, 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 do. Yeah. but they kind of just they kind of just dawdle out of the sky like here we come we're shooting we're a bit higher and apparently that makes all the difference in star wars if you get the high ground <laughs> um but yeah it just that, that bit just really underwhelming like come on come flying in like boba fett and jedi had better backpack physics 
Well, it's funny you should mention that because when you see Boba Fett and Return of the Jedi, he does it to jump. It's just a big jump. And I always took it that the jetpacks are like, if you read Starship Troopers, yeah. uh, the book, not the film, they've got jetpacks. And, and that, it, it just gives you a huge, massive jump. Just like yeah. Superman in the first comics, he couldn't yeah. fly. He just did massive... Leap tall, tall buildings. Leaps. Leap tall buildings, yeah. That's what I always thought it was. Not that you could... Do I mean that guy, the the, the heavy infantry Mandalorian? Yeah. That's that Paz guy. Yeah. Um, he flies up alongside at the end, doesn't oh, yeah. he? And he salutes to, uh, to to the Rocketeer. The, it's a proper flying device rather than the jumping device. There was a bit of a on the uh, the so Nia Zaz did a really great uh, uh, Mando sort of episode review uh, series for patrons only. Um, and it was really great. And there was a lot of, there was really good discussion in the, the comments on that. And I remember, I think Matt on the episode kind of said, yeah, I didn't like that salute. And at the time I was just like, no, I'm being really positive. Like, you know, there's salutes in Star Wars that, you know, the, I think Lando salutes Han and the, the, the hanger in Return of the Jedi when he hands over the, the Falcon to him. But when I watched it again today, I saw it as like, nah, that looks shit. Like they should have done something else. Like just some, some other, anything else, but just a salute. It's, it's, it's. Too American? It's just a bit cringy. It's like, ugh, nah. Mm. I've seen mention that, that it might be a nod, this flying alongside, and then the way that he peels off like that oh, to... No, 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 to Joe no? Johnson, okay. um, who directed The Rocketeer, and of course Joe Johnson was instrumental okay. in the final design of Boba Fett, you I see. I thought it was Favreau's Iron Man, Favreau being this guy, and it, Favreau being directing Iron Man. It felt very Iron Man, and I don't know. Was, the yeah, way he peels he up, he gets sort of, to be Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. It could be yeah. that. But I, what I don't it, like about that, the heavy infantry Mandalorian is the whacking great big machine gun, because, it again, it's too real world. It's yeah. like, you know, what the guy in Predator's got, you know, yeah. with the big, you, you know, belt coming out the back. It's yeah. just too real world to me. Definitely. Mm. But anyway, he makes it to his ship. That's when you've got the, the, the standoff with Grief there, and, and, and Grief gets shot. Yeah. And uh, and that's it. He takes off. He gets saluted by the uh, yep. Mandalorians. We can't say any more than that because, you know, we're only at, like, uh, Chapter 5 here in the UK, and I don't want to do any spoilers. But That is so funny. That's so weird. And also, I know everyone in the UK has gone and watched it, who really wanted to watch it, but there, there must have been some sort of weird legal com- uh copyright some sort of i don't think disney did it from out of some sort of you know oh we want to like i don't know like some sort of like business reason i think it was entirely out of their control like for some reason they couldn't launch it at that time mm. for whatever reason because it is ridiculous but yeah anyway if you especially uh, especially a streaming platform i mean you gotta yeah. i feel so sorry for everyone who's been spoiled on that show like they've seen baby yoda just flooding their 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 facebook for for months on end like oh, that sucks I guess the the only positive thing about here in the UK and France and anywhere else that only got it last month is if you're discovering it now for the first time, you don't have to wait so long for season two and you don't have to wait so long for the merchandise as opposed to anybody that watched it in America when it first came out. Yeah, I guess so. It was really nice. I really did like how, and I think I think this will be a thing going on forward. Like it was really nice how it was the the release schedule as well. Like getting one a week and making an event television that was really cool. What what was really cool was seeing everybody blabbing and and crying that they've got to wait a week. And it's like, oh God, <laughs> I used to have to wait a week for Doctor Who back in the seventies. You know, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've been you've been spoiled being ha, having the you know the ability to binge watch. You know, well, how long when, how long did we wait between Jedi and, and three Phantom years? Menace? Yes, or oh, <laughs> Phantom Menace. Oh, even more for that. Yeah, but yeah. I was thinking about the original trilogy. Yeah. Two, three oh, years sure. between each. You know, I, I didn't Don't even think twice back in those days. Honestly, when, when I was when I was a kid, there was so much great, so many great movies. I'd be like, cool. Empire Strikes Back, and then I'd watch like so many other great things before. And you're like, "Wow, there's another one, Return of the Jedi. Let's go watch that. Yeah. Cool." Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, no, no. I mean, this is a terrific episode. I'm, I'm glad this is one that you liked. I thought it would be, seeing as I know what a fan you are of uh, Boba Fett. Yeah. So it, well, it, it I mean, just we've had some te- natural to me. We've had some te- technical difficulties tonight. When I had to reboot my computer, I did not think it was going to come back alive. Um, in my um, my boot up screen is a big Boba, is a big fat T visor on, on my screen. I was like, yeah, okay, I'm definitely a I'm a big Mando fan, definitely. You're on my emails. On my emails, when I call you up, that's a uh, Boba Fett face as well, nice. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. All right, so so that's our little discussion over, and you know how uh, we end each one of these. We have to rate 
the effects hmm. uh, that we've been talking so, about. So we're, we're evaluating... I think when we spoke originally, I thought it might have been just Baby Yoda, but we're going to talk about the effects of the whole episode. Yeah, the whole episode. Okay. But that creates yeah. a problem because, you know, what is an effect and what is not? <laughs> what is CGI? What is animatronic? What I, is I think, what, I think animatronics know? are an effect. I mean, they're so well done. You know, we are talking earlier how there, there isn't much behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, it, it, it tweaked some, a memory of mine, and I'm actually... I do understand it to a, to a, to a point because... Whenever you see behind the scenes stuff of puppetry, it is horrific. It's solid traumatic, like seeing the humans there. And it, it reminded me, I saw a thing on some, some crappy reality show. It was set like in an airport. It was set like in the lost luggage thing. It was like, look at all the crazy things that turn up. And um, it had, do you remember, um, do you know Labyrinth? very well oh when they found hoggle they found hoggle but it was just <laughs> the exoskeleton because all the latex had rotted away it yep. is i mean hoggle kind of creeps me out anyway hoggle's metallic skeleton holy shit like to this day like this when they open this, this i still think of that like when they open the suitcase and there's this hoggle skeleton there like yeah puppetry behind the scenes is kind of traumatic and especially for such a cute character i know why they haven't really put out all that imagery of like you know, it gets so memed as well. Like, oh, here's Baby Yoda was, you know, with the guy with the beard with his hand up, it's bum. So, yeah, yeah I, the, I, I do, that, I, I do that, get that. I, I know that photo you mean. It's like Hoggle as the Terminator. Oh, but he's still got the it? eyes. He's still got those blue eyes, these big blue yes. eyes. Of, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've met Hoggle on, on Facebook. I'll put up a photo. I actually met Hoggle, and it was the strangest thing. I was at a... <laughs> uh, yeah, I was yes, at it a, would be. Some, no, I was at a science fiction convention, right? And I had a table there. I, I was displaying all my models and selling my models. And a guy came along and he had an absolutely 100% accurate hoggle, right? Wow. Yeah. And he was operating it. Hoggle was walking because Hoggle was on his feet, okay? And he yeah. was dressed all in black, standing behind Hoggle, operating, you know, uh, the arms, okay? And he came up to my table. And I think what... what helped it as well is that i'm sat at the table yeah. so hoggle is at my eye level right yeah. and he comes across and i'm talking to the guy but i can't look at the guy i'm looking at hoggle you yeah. know? i'm not aware that there's a guy behind me it was the strangest thing i know that that's a puppet in front of me but it, it was really weird you're you're, yeah. you're talking to the puppet rather than the person behind you i mean lots of the, there's lots of it like most of the background when I was really trying to find out about Baby Yoda was talking about the cast members just saying how they, they completely forgot it was a puppet and they just were responding to it. And, um, you know, apparently uh, Werner Herzog really just, you know, felt like it was a small child and just fell in love with it. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's the power of power of a, you know, of a incredibly well-executed design. And, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, probably, the I don't know, the most... Oh, one of the greatest Star Wars puppets of all time. It's in the. Yeah. It's, in, it's yeah. up in the. It's up in the hierarchy there. Very much so. Which leads us uh, leads us very neatly into the rating. Then uh, you haven't said all that. Out of ten, this is everything. It's Baby Yoda. It's um, right. the door droid. It's the Razor Crest. It's the execution of the effects. Oh, it's it's it, it's all pretty flawless. Um, and I don't know whether I should give or take points because it's television. I almost feel like it should almost get points. I mean, when I was watching this today, I was watching it. I was thinking, you know, some of the, the, those scenes when he landed on the planet, he's walking away from the ship. I was like, if I'd seen, if the prequels had looked like this, wow, I think I would have been mm. so blown away. Like, it's 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 movie quality, you know, like we... I don't, I don't know. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a pretty conservative, maybe a slightly low nine. But yeah, it's it, it looks great. It, it, the whole thing's... Yeah, whole thing's nine out of ten, easy. I'm joining you in a nine because um, I don't want to give it a ten because there could be something coming down the pipeline that will blow us away even more, you yeah. know. Um, and and then where do you go? You've reached the ceiling. So yeah, no, I'm joining you in that nine. I think it's nice. terrific. I, to give, as you say, to have a show where you have the guy you can't see his face and the other character is a puppet, you know. Just, just stunning, stunning work. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I, f I forgot to bring up, but like, 
this isn't the first redo of Yoda we've had. We had Yaddle. I mean, no, we did. I mean, I mean, look how much, look how much, you know, baby Yoda. I mean, it's it's oh, the child. Can you how much this resonated compared to Yaddle, which just looked like a weird, creepy frog person? It just didn't well, work. Im- try and imagine Mandalorian, but you've got the Yaddle puppet rather than the puppet we did have. I don't think we'd be doing that oh, this show today. Would that'd we? be so funny, Christopher Hernandez. If you listen to the show and you are you are the meme master, please please yes. knock that up, mate. Yeah, substitute the two. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah. All right, excellent. Well, thank, thanks, thank you for today, Wade. We've had my technical pleasure, problems, but I think we can sort it out. All right. Yeah. So, all right, okay, all right. Well, I'm Cheers. I'm I'm off to watch uh, chapter five, which came out yesterday. So, uh, <laughs> all right, you've seen it. Whatever. I'm lying here. I'm lying. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's completely legally watching it for the yeah. first time. Well done. Good, yeah. I'm, good work, I'm on a big TV. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. excellent. All right. Cheers then, Wade. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye-bye.